How did I turn it into a career? Oh gosh, I think it's through a lot of just learning as I go because I started out without knowing how I could have turned this into a career per se. And yeah, like how do you even how do you even get started on that? Hey guys, welcome back to season two of Generation Entrepreneurs podcast, The Entrepreneurial Mindset. I'm Mel, I'm the head of marketing at Gen E, and we are continuing the one host structure for the podcast. We have a very exciting guest lined up today who is also a friend of mine. Our guest is Brittany Lee. She is an Instagram influencer and YouTube personality with a combined following of 550k. Brittany is a full-time lifestyle and makeup content creator, has launched her own stationery brand, and also juggles uni commitments on the side. Thanks for joining us, Brittany. Now, for those listening who aren't familiar with who you are, can you give us a quick rundown of what you do and how you got started with it all? So, I'm a content creator. I'm mainly on YouTube, also a bit on Instagram, and I've been in this space for a few years now, and I create content, I work with brands, Lovely, great. So what do you think an average day looks like for you? An average day? I think every day is very different, but generally speaking, there's a lot of admin to get done. Editing as well. I think admin's a really big part of it that most people, I think, wouldn't wouldn't mm. know about, but yeah. What do you mean by admin? So a lot of, I guess, like planning for deals and things. I have a lot of negotiations and it's a lot of back and forth and also getting things approved content-wise. So mm-hmm. when I do collaborations, you have to send in your content for approval process and that can often take anywhere from like one to like three weeks depending on like that particular collaboration that you work on. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of back and forth, yeah. And yeah. Then also making like amendments, yeah. Yeah, so but, like the back-end part of the process that people don't really see, yeah, right? Yeah. So for those who, uh, I guess for our followers who aren't familiar with the content, what type of content do you actually create? So I'm in the lifestyle space. I create vlogs and I cover a few like subtopics like beauty and fashion, but mainly I just like vlog my life. So it's very lifestyle focused. Yeah, lifestyle focused. Yeah. So then how do you think you've, I guess, built your personal brand over the years? Um, considering you've transitioned a bit from earlier makeup content to Mm -hmm. later on lifestyle content. I think it's just as I've grown older, my interests have changed, but I did start out um, creating beauty and DIY. That was a heavy focus of mine when I first started out because I watched a lot of people like Michelle Phan, My Life is Ava, Wenji, they were big inspirations of mine starting mm-hmm. out in the space. So um, that's where I started. I started with beauty and I started with DIY and that was heavy focus for me. Um, I'd spend every Saturday and Sunday grinding out videos. It would be like supplies on Saturdays, Mm -hmm. film half of the content, film half of it on Sunday, and the second half of Sunday would be just editing and uploading. And then I'd do that on repeat because I had school Monday to Friday. Yeah. So it was like a heavy grind, but yeah, so that's where I started. And um, yeah, slowly it transitioned into vlogs, I think, because my interests changed. Um, and as my interests changed, I just, you know, started experimenting with different pieces of content that I felt resonated with me. I think that was a challenging process, finding out what I was interested in later on. Um, but yeah, I really like just like vlogging and sharing my life. I think it's very personable and I think people um, are going through a lot of similar things um, mm-hmm. as myself because, you know, I am a young adult. I'm come out of high school in the past few years, going into adulthood. So I guess just documenting that journey and sharing that with my community. 
Yeah, it's interesting that you touch on like community because the whole I guess purpose of sharing a life with people is kind of to connect with people, like yeah. regardless of where they are of the world. So, how would you describe like your interactions with the community, and does it is it the main reason why you kind of create content? Yeah, I think it's a big part of why I wanted to start creating content. I feel like I there were a lot of people around me that I didn't resonate with in certain areas, and I think it was a great outlet for me to I guess create and communicate with a community that felt like they resonated with myself and even till this day I think um, yeah it's a big part of why I enjoy content creation in this entire space it's a blessing to have especially a community that supports you and um, like wants to see you grow and wants to grow with you and also I think we communicate a lot about the things that we have going on in our own lives because again we relate a lot I think a lot of my audience is similar in age with in age to myself and also I'm younger so we're going through a lot of similar changes so I guess just documenting that um yeah makes people feel at home yeah and I guess you mentioned um Michelle Fine and all of these content creators who inspired you I guess like what is there a specific creator that you really like and that inspires your work yeah um I'd say Michelle Fine's like a big one I think Mm. she's a big one for many people mainly because she is the true pioneer, I think, of the beauty community. Um, she was one of the first creators to onboard and have brand deals, and I think she really um, showed brands that you know co- content creators have value and can bring something to the table. Um, and yeah, that that was yeah. Yeah, I think she was really pivotal in the space, right? Oh, especially she's so pivotal yeah, as an space, Asian yeah. creator as well. Especially that. Yeah. yeah. Do you ever feel like you face any? I guess challenges as an Asian creator um, yeah. in the I guess, content creation space? Yeah, for sure. I think there's a lot of gaps that still need to be filled and fixed within the industry in Australia. I think it's, um, yeah, there's definitely a lot of issues, I think, that need to be resolved and mm. there's a lot of areas that need to be, there's a lot of areas that need to be improved, um, especially with having a greater variety, I guess, of, like, people. That's something I see that's very lacking. There's a lack of diversity, especially when it comes to selecting um, content creators that are onboarded for particular campaigns, and I think that also is an issue within, I guess, these brands and um, agencies that exist. So it's a more deep-rooted issue, but I guess, um, yeah, still navigating that myself and finding opportunities um, can be challenging because of this, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Do you think there's, like, um, a really supportive community, at least within the creators who share this, like, Asian, like, Yes, of course, yes, of course. Um, I think finding that community in Australia as well has been really hard, but, yeah, I feel really lucky to have people around me who can relate to these sorts of struggles, and, Mm. um, yeah, we all, like, help each other out in that sense yeah Yeah. it's very encouraging to hear and do you think there are I guess misconceptions about what your day looks like or your job as an influencer yeah for sure I think um people think content creation can be very easy but it actually requires I guess a lot more organization and strategy and planning um even when it just comes down to planning out you know your schedule for the year and also your personal branding I think it's important to know your personal brand and know what um, value you can bring to brands um because collaboration is a really big part of this job so I think yes knowing your value and your community and what you can bring to the table um not only that but also being able to be self-sufficient um Mm. being able to manage yourself negotiate deals that can be difficult you have several options that you can go down with this as well I think um 
I'm not sure if people know, but you can go with agencies, you have management, but I think here it can be very difficult in Australia because the community and industry is a lot smaller compared to overseas, and so it can be difficult to find people that really resonate with you because when you look for these kinds of people, you actually want to be looking for a partner, somebody who is um, really rooting for you, and because it is your career and everything that you do together is going to shape that. Mm -hmm. um, so, yes, that's why I think... For myself, I have been managing myself for a long time and mm. now I think I've found people who have been able to help me out a lot in terms of how we resonate and how we yeah. work together. So that can be really challenging as well. Yeah. Um, Especially because it's a personal yeah. brand, right? Um, yeah, yeah. It's really hard to kind of trust, I guess, your baby or the content that you create yeah. to someone else mm. and having someone to, who can resonate and be on the same wavelength as you, right? Yeah. So how do you think you would describe your own personal brand? And I know you started like a long time ago, right? Yeah. So how has this kind of evolved over the process? So again, um, I started off with beauty and DIY and now it's evolved to lifestyle. So I'd say lifestyle is a huge part of what my content is um, and what I embody. And I throw in elements of like beauty and fashion. I think that's what lifestyle covers, everything that kind of goes on in my day-to-day -day. Um, and yeah I cover all things from I guess like what's going on in my life such as my studies my personal life career I share all of this with my audience and um, yeah it's a big part of my content yeah. yeah I really love how you share your content or your I guess you share your personal life with yeah. your audience um, that being said though sharing your personal life with such a large audience base and us also out in the open on the internet can be really, really daunting and there's a lot of gravity in your own actions when you do this because, you know, everyone can see. So how do you um, overcome self-doubt in this process and what are some pieces of advice you would give to people who kind of want to give this a shot but are scared like, oh, what do people think of me? Yeah, I think it's important, I just want to remind everyone that it's um, not important about like what other people think of you, you should never let third party hinder your own personal goals and what you want to go for because at the end of the day we're all living life for ourselves and you don't want um, somebody else's opinion to hinder your own potential especially if it's something that you really want to try out regardless of if it is being a content creator um, anything that you do in life I think you should always go in with the attitude that you're doing you know you are doing everything for yourself and you also want to hit that goal so I guess as long as you know your process and how um, that you want to get there. Yeah, mm. I don't think, don't worry about the haters, guys. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's so true. Do you ever, like, mm. did, you, did you ever let that affect you, like, yeah. in the process of you creating videos? I think early on, um, I had no worries about this. Um, it just wasn't something I tolerated, and over time, I became increasingly more aware that people would build... I guess, an idea of me based off of the content that I put out. But, um, yeah, I always go back to reminding myself, like, the only reason I have the opportunities now and have created, um, yeah, these opportunities now is because, you know, I wasn't afraid of that judgment. I wasn't afraid of what people had to, yeah, say about <laughs> my content. And also, I think at the end of the day, it doesn't, it doesn't play a massive part into, yeah, yeah. What, what I want to do, yeah. So you're essentially just talking about the sentiment of, um, just doing what you love and not putting too much focus on what other people think of you because in the end there's always going to be negativity around what you do and it's um, you shouldn't let that stop where you want to be in the future, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so if you've kind of overcome this original process of self-doubt, how do you think you actually turned 
your social media presence into a, an actual career? How did I turn it into a career? Oh gosh, I think it's through a lot of just learning as I go because I started out without knowing how I could have turned this into a career per se. Um, and yeah, like how do you even <laughs> how do you even get started on that? Mm -hmm. So I think it was just a lot of. Um, seeing how my peers, you know, managed to turn this into a career and also seeing the steps that people took and also going through my own mistakes and learning from that, um, whether it be reaching out to agencies, understanding how that all worked and also communicating with brands once they started reaching out, you know, like how do you negotiate a deal? Mm -hmm. Like how how do these contracts work and how do you plan out your your year essentially so that you know what the structure is and um, I say that a big part of it is creating structure for yourself because yeah it is a very unstructured path there is mm. no way to kind of go around that there's no guidance so I think it's forming your own path and creating that structure but also being strategic and planning ahead of time for things yeah yeah it's really daunting because you essentially create and manage the entire process yourself whereas yeah. like with an average job or a, maybe like a normal corporate job you have everything laid out to you, you go to work nine to five but this is completely freelance so mm -hmm. must be such a huge headache to I guess structure but if it's something that you love to do which I'm sure it is yeah. it must be really rewarding yeah. then do you think uh, there are I guess unique challenges that you face personally that you think mm -hmm. you know an average person wouldn't um, yes, for sure. I think just in general with freelance I'm um, in any industry it's just navigating the space because um, you aren't being held accountable for anything until you have, let's say, particular jobs onboarded, but also, again, creating structure in your day, um, not just in your day, but in your entire year, knowing what your process looks like, knowing how you operate, um, and also, yeah, again, planning ahead of time. Um, I think a big part of it is knowing how you work with brands, knowing what value you have and what you can bring to the table. and personal brand is also a really mm. big part of this and also a lot of it is about creating opportunities for yourself um, and you have to find a way to open these doors and make things happen which can be a really difficult part of it especially when you're first starting out I think um, just like squeezing your way into like one of these doors and then slowly like opening up other paths for yourself um, is definitely very difficult um, and so, yeah, I think just navigating the space itself has been the biggest challenge of it all. I think mm -hmm. I'm learning new things every day um, as this space continues to evolve and change. It's a never-ending process, even with content creation. It's like the algorithm's constantly changing. Um, now I feel like you are incentivized to create more content, which mm -hmm. is very hard to keep up with. I think a lot of people get very burnt out because of managing all of these different things. Um, yeah, it's so hard to navigate yeah. because you can never figure out what the algorithm is, right? Yeah, you kind of just sure. you wing it, or a lot of people just make sure they create yeah. content and kind of look at the numbers to see like what yeah. works, but you will never know what works, right? Like things go viral yeah. completely unexpectedly. Yeah. Yeah, so it must be so difficult. Then, like, have you ever kind of thought about, you know, pursuing TikTok or looking into TikTok or that social media platform? Because we know yeah. like you're mainly on YouTube and Instagram. Yeah. Yeah, I think I definitely have tried. I probably should go on it more. Yeah. I'm just so comfortable within the YouTube space, but I definitely think it's a really great platform, especially yeah. um, I think now a personal brand and having a community and presence online is more important than ever. Mm. Um, it gives you, it gives you, I guess, power in some sort of a way in terms of, you know, you have a community, you cover a certain niche, especially if you go not just like within 
the content creation, sorry, not within, um, just within the content creation space, but you go into all sorts of avenues, you know, and niches and topics and um, areas. So, yeah, I think it's, yeah, I definitely think I should be on TikTok more, <laughs> yeah. that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, what do you think is, like, yeah. the main difference, like, between mm -hmm. the community on TikTok and yeah. the community on, like, YouTube and Instagram? Yeah, oh, for sure. Um, I think the community on YouTube that I personally found, especially amongst my other content creator friends, um, it's a lot more, I think the community is a lot more strong in terms of how committed your audience is to you because it is a 10 to 15 minute video. I think people mm -hmm. can engage with your personality a lot more or they can engage with, I guess, like who you are essentially as a person. They get to understand you a little better. But through TikTok, I feel like it's, it's very short period of time. Pretty sure people's attention spans now is like what, like seven seconds. Yeah, like seven seconds. Catch me, scroll. Yeah, yeah, literally. So I think it's a lot harder to create that personal connection with people, um, which I think is where people struggle a lot. And then you know a lot of transferring of platforms to I guess kind of grow their community, yeah. um, so people can get to understand them better. But yeah, for sure, I think that's the main difference. There is um, you're able to kind of foster that community a little more and give them more value um, through YouTube. Yeah. And I think TikTok, it's a great way, I think, to gain, um, I guess, traction and even, like, transfer that, yeah, transfer yeah. that over to other platforms. That's sure. actually such an interesting point. Like, I never thought of it as um, there's a difference in the types of communities that are built between different yeah. types of platforms because everyone thinks of TikTok like, damn, like, I can reach anyone. It's so, yeah. so like, it's the most random videos that get blown up and you get such a huge following yeah. from it. But um, then if I really think about it, it's hard for those followers to actually stay and follow your content yeah. because it's just that one video that was, like, oh, funny for that, like, seven yeah. seconds or something. But I think the nature of TikTok encourages you to actually consistently, like, scroll through and look at different types of content um, for only short periods of time. So as it... I think especially as a lifestyle kind of vlogger where you want to like get through to your community and also show your personality yeah. and like vibe with them, it's really hard to do on TikTok, right? Yeah, I think that's where I found it most challenging trying to enter that platform because yeah. I'm like, oh gosh, like how do I communicate with everyone? How do I do this within like a viable piece of time? You know, people say like shorter pieces of content, even with Instagram Reels, it's, it's better because... Mm -hmm. um, you know, it gains more traction, you can get more viewership, but then it's about, I guess, kind of maintaining that, I know, creating some sort of connection between that audience and you is the difficult part. Mm. Still don't know how to figure that out. Yeah. I think a lot of people are still trying to figure that part out, but yeah, yeah it's definitely a challenge. Yeah. yeah. Do you ever, like, worry that, oh, um, you know, TikTok is actually such a new social media platform and yeah. it came about a couple of years ago, or, like, came to, I guess... Yeah daylight where everyone yeah. used it a few years ago um do you worry that like you know all of the community would ever like completely change to tiktok mm -hmm. or that you know uh platforms like youtube and instagram will become less precedent because mm -hmm. like yeah. i think back you know five years ago or something we'd be yeah. using facebook mainly and we'd be using messenger but sure. those don't become like social media platforms that people use anymore like does yeah. that ever become a concern for you that's actually really interesting I've never really thought of that but that conversation has come up before um yeah I think even with like platforms like Instagram and also YouTube it's um they've all been trying to integrate I guess that real sort of mm. short video system in so I think it's like all these platforms are ever growing and trying to integrate like new parts to their applications and so I think um yeah, I think 
I think everyone's trying to keep up. Yeah. So I don't see it dying just because of that sense of community. Again, I think that's a really big part. Um, but who knows? I don't know. I yeah. don't have the answer to and that. And actually, like, <laughs> like, I've been thinking about this so much yeah. just because, like, when I do marketing and I'm, we were always, yeah. like, promoting on Facebook and suddenly, like, oh, damn, yeah. we have to pivot to Instagram and then we're like, damn, we have to move to TikTok now, but I don't know how to use it. And I feel yeah. so, like, I feel like such a boomer using, like, these yeah. types of technologies, especially with TikTok. Like, mm. why, like, only 21, but why do I feel too old <laughs> no, for TikTok? Literally. Yeah. No, it's interesting that now that you say that, yeah, because... I think even um, using it as a strategy, like a method to transfer an audience as well, because I think a lot of people do that. You know, they have a big traction on TikTok, but they ultimately they move over to Instagram to communicate with their communities. They move over to YouTube and create vlogs because it's a better way for their audience to get to know them. So I think, um, if anything, like everything's always interchangeable. Mm. Yeah, everyone tries to... Use a bit of it. It's like a funnel, right? Yeah, it's a funnel, yeah, for sure. So when you communicate like to your followers on Instagram, because I guess most most of your content would be um, photos, mm-hmm. but I know that you also post a lot of stories. Is that where you mostly communicate with your followers? Yeah, I think um, stories is just like an instant way to get to your audience and be like, hi, like this is what's going on. Um, or like just letting them know like, oh, okay, like I upload a video or like this is what's happening in my day. Mm. Um, it's just like a quick, easy way to like, get straight to the point mm. um and also even just like dms as well when people message you and you reply back to them that's a really great way because it's just an instant you know yeah um and then youtube is more like okay this is my documented week and mm-hmm. this is what's been going on but even like this reply section everything i think it's really easy to reach your community these days well i mean for a long time now but yeah because yeah. there's just all sorts of ways that you can communicate with them so yeah, yeah. yeah. have you had any like interesting fan experiences then um no, I think they've all been really great. Everyone's always so lovely to me. I think mm. my community, I feel really lucky in that they're just very supportive and they're very kind people. So if anything, I think I've been showered with support and love, which honestly means so much to me. So yeah, yeah everything's been, yeah, sorry, everyone's been so wonderful. Yeah, it's always just very like chill mm. and casual, which I like, yeah. That's so good to hear. Yeah. Yeah, because I always wonder like, you know, if, you know, someone, yeah. complete stranger approaches you in the middle of the street and they're like, oh my gosh, pretty, like, I love your videos. Like, how do you respond to that? Um, honestly, I'm just like, I can't believe you watch my videos because yeah. it's crazy. I think like I, from my perspective, I'm just, you know, creating the videos. Everything's very, um, you see numbers. So yeah, the views are the numbers. You see people's comments and stuff, but it's, it's really lovely to like put a face with like, you know, your viewers because it's yeah, actually it's real, like, right? Yeah, it's not like, just wow. like behind the screen or anything. Yeah, it's crazy because it makes it so much more real and you're like, wow, like people actually resonate or people actually view your content and they mm. feel some sort of connection with it, which mm. is so special. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I think social media is so powerful cool. that you can create connections with people across the globe yeah. or just like people who you would never even be able to meet if you hadn't had this platform. Yeah, it's actually crazy. Even just like meeting my content creator friends, I think, without having my platform and having made videos in the space I'm sorry within the category that I have I wouldn't have been able to meet a lot of different people that I have and it's interesting because content creators often go down all sorts of different branches of like careers Mm -hmm. um so it's not just content creation it's like this is okay their personal brand and they work on all sorts of other things so it's really interesting to see their journey I think I learn a lot from that and seeing you know where they've branched off into because um, the possibility, the possibilities are endless, mm. um, and yeah, everyone's just oh, 
They're like crazy. Yeah. Do you ever get like overwhelmed by social media? Because, you know, it can be quite time consuming to just always be on your phone. Like, do you ever feel like it kind of sucks away from your personal life or creating personal connections with your family, friends? Yeah, that's actually really interesting that you asked that because um, that's where I feel a really difficult part, which I actually didn't mention earlier, but it's a very difficult part. Um, because I have a hard time drawing a line between, okay, this is my personal life and this is social media. I think you might see that, okay, you upload once a week or you only post a photo every now and then. Maybe you post a few stories in a day. But I think because I'm on social media, it I'm actually on it for longer than I actually am in terms of, okay, I post a video, but actually I've been on there like mm-hmm. longer because you're looking at analytics, you're viewing your content, seeing how it's doing because that, that is also a really big part Um of, you know, I guess, like, the job aspect of it. Mm. So, yeah, you're on it for more than you probably want to be, which is where I'm trying to balance now. But I think, yeah, it's definitely taken away from my social life, Yeah, <laughs> which is difficult because um, I think, like, with any career, though, when you go for, I guess, like, you want to achieve something, it's hard to, I guess, like, steer clear from that. Not steer mm. clear from that, but your eyes are on the goal. So, um, yeah, but... It's definitely something I'm still trying to navigate. I think a lot of people are. um, And I think it's just creating boundaries. I think creating boundaries has really helped. You know, when I use my phone, when I do posts, like I'll only, you know, I'll do the posts um, and then I'll get off social media so I can live life. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. and be present. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big part. So you you reckon then it, um, do you reckon then it has had any kind of negativity on your own personal relationships? That's interesting. Um, I think, if anything, you have to just manage it better. So Mm. negative in a sense where um, I would say, like, socially, like, I often will not do social activities because I'm like, no, I'm, like, focused on, like, doing this, so I need to do this. But it's not really so much to do with, um, like, the social... Well, how do I explain this? It's not really to do with, like, the output of content it's like okay I'm just like working on stuff constantly because again like you create opportunities for yourself and so it's like a never-ending cycle you want Mm. to increase you know these opportunities and you want to keep building your brand and um, going down other avenues so it's difficult I think Um, it's negative in that aspect because it's again creating boundaries for yourself and Mm. knowing okay this is when I'm going to be social or like chill out and like hang out with people and be a normal person um versus like constantly trying to build it this thing which I guess there's no end to it because Mm -hmm. it's really as far as you want to take it like your career your career within the social media realm is as much as you put in like what's that saying it's like you get out of it as much as you put in Mm -hmm. effort wise and so that can be never-ending. You just yeah. keep pouring and pouring and pouring your energy into it and, um, yeah, you see results and you're like, oh, gosh, you, like, chase for, like, other goals. Um, so, yeah, drawing boundaries, I think, is really important. Yeah. Yeah, something but to How do you on. kind of, like, hold yourself accountable in that process? Because, mm-hmm. like, obviously you're your, your own manager, you create your own content. There's no, there's no person to kind of be like, oh, you did this good or you did this yeah. badly. Like, yeah. how do you track your own kind of progress or success? Progress. I think a lot is to do with the analytics, which yeah. actually can be a big negative downside part yeah. of it because you associate a lot of your a lot sorry you associate a lot of your value with these numbers because um, they often speak of your value per se mm. to let's say if you're working with brands in that sense and also directly to you know are people enjoying my content do people like what they're seeing do I need to change it up it makes you question like you know what 
um, your output and if you should change things. So yeah, viewing the analytics I think is a big part of just seeing your own progress. I don't think it's necessarily the best way to do it, but I think it's a big part. Um, and also just seeing, you know, how your community responds, that's a big one, communicating with your audience and knowing, you know, what they liked and didn't like, um, and be really vocal, yeah. So I think even just, like, reaching out to people in DMs, I do that a lot, I chat with them in DMs, like, all the time, and, um, yeah, even in the comments section, just, like, getting people's feedback and seeing, like, where I want to improve or, like, what, you know, content they like seeing, um, in terms of, like, personal content, not, you know, related to collaborations or brand deals, um, is really important because you know you're there for your community and you also want to provide them value yeah, yeah. it's interesting that you also touched on the numbers bit earlier because like it's mm-hmm. really easy to get bogged down by that yes because instagram i guess a while ago launched a feature where you couldn't see people's mm-hmm. likes and then i guess yeah. they they took that back and you can now and yeah it's an option to do so mm-hmm. do you have any thoughts on that yeah it's actually really interesting i think for the period of time that they did take it away people were like oh no but um my personal thoughts i thought it was fine like i think you know you shouldn't feel um because I think likes are a big thing it's a very big visual representation to a lot of people of you know how well received how well received you are yeah Yeah. but I think um if anything that should be something for yourself um and of of course if you know that does affect um you personally I think you know you can hide likes I think as well Mm. yeah you can hide likes um but yeah I think um yeah it depends on the people, I guess, like how you feel about it. Some people like like leaving it on or like turning it off. I don't think it really matters as long as, you know, you feel comfortable with like your audience seeing or not. I think it plays a part, I guess, in like seeing your own analytics and seeing how well you're performing in terms of at least if people are looking at performance. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's good to have these analytics. Also, they give you more analytics. I'm sure you guys have it on like the, the business mode. Yeah. Um, that can be really useful too, yes, because especially with working with brands, you have to communicate these things across and knowing what the averages are in terms of um, engagement rates and all these different things I think is good to look into just so you also have an understanding of your own audience and that value in that aspect. Um, but yeah, yeah, those are my votes. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think um, are, I guess, your biggest learnings from working with other brands yeah. and has it ever been like a really, really difficult process? Yes, um, I think honestly working in working with brands in the whole process of negotiation has always been difficult for me because um, I think that's just the part that I find really challenging but I've had to learn over the years yeah. because um, I don't work with an agency. Now I will have a manager who yeah. is also my good friend, Ness. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, before Vanessa, that. Vanessa Lee? Yeah, Vanessa oh, Lee. Oh, nice. She's amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was really difficult because now we just like work together on these things, yeah. which is so great. Um, again, this is why I say it's important to find somebody who really wants to help you grow and mm-hmm. build your brand and also is personal with you, you know what I mean? Um, I think that's a big part that sometimes people forget about. At least like if you're a content creator, you're in the space and you're looking for management or an agency or somebody to help you or guide you along the way and work alongside you, um, they have to have, you know, your visions have to align and also I guess you have to like each other. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't like each other. On the other, very basis. On <laughs> the very basis, yeah. yeah. Which I think is hard to find because there's limited, again, resources, agencies. They're not, um, there's not a lot of option. It can be very selective, yeah. exclusive almost in Sydney. Um, it's almost like an interview process, which is interesting. Yeah. I get into that. But yeah, um, a big part of learning with brands is that I've 
learned a lot about the processes and also integrating that within my own timeline and structuring that into my schedule. Not only that, but how different brands work. You can kind of gauge um, their team and also their experience in the space. And um, I think you learn a lot about your own value as well, um, especially working you know across the board with a range of brands. I think with lifestyle, um, there's a lot of options there. Mm. So it can be anything from, let's say, like cars or like... Um, so like homeware goods, mm-hmm. it can be anything in between. Also, because I do student-based videos, um, yeah. I've worked with like a few student-related like resources and applications. So that's been really interesting, and it's interesting to see how their processes are. And it's it's always different yeah. with diff- every single brand because you know they have different teams, they have a different way of working, and their yeah. review process, even negotiating. Um, and that's the like the interesting like point of the negotiating process like yeah. how do you put a monetary value to it right yeah. is it something that you usually negotiate yourself or like mm. do they kind of just like yeah impede upon you or something? yeah right um that's been an interesting process so I guess it would start off as I think a lot of brands nowadays they will ask for your rates if they don't you can be like these are my rates yeah. <laughs> um this is my value um and you know pitch yourself. Um, I think a lot of it is about pitching yourself Mm -hmm. and expressing your value and also what you can bring to the table. And again, that has a lot to do with personal brand and knowing what you can provide for that brand and your audience and your community. Um, So yeah, normally it's, they might come forward with something. Um, If not, you can, you know, come forward with something as well. So there's stuff like outreach. So outreach is when you reach out to a brand and, you know, you can pitch yourself and um, express to like brands how you might fit in with um, their company and what you can offer them and then it can go from there it's honestly like there's no rules to this yeah. um, it's a lot about just trying to I guess get your foot into as many of these doors as possible and then it will open some sort of opportunity and you might get you'll get close like not close You'll get shut out of a lot of these, um, but I think it's a lot about just persisting um, and, yeah, trying your luck and also knowing your value again. So I think starting out or if somebody's looking into, I guess, like wanting to working with brands, um, definitely just do a bunch of pitching. Um, You don't have to wait for brands to come to you. You can pitch yourself. Mm. So that's I guess like the power in that is you create those opportunities and yeah. you know you might not get a lot of yeses it might only be one or two but you know you've got that locked in and you don't know where that might go in future yeah. I think a lot of my long-term like opportunities have come from you know just getting that first email in and then having that first conversation and then from there you can build upon that relationship and mm-hmm. yeah it just goes from yeah there. so it's like such a process where you have to be so resilient yeah. and keep going at it and I guess you would have like encountered a lot of failures and like yeah. deals that didn't go through mm-hmm. and I think this like really shows I guess people that having a social media you know face or being a content creator really isn't as easy as people make it out to be not people make it out to be, as yeah. it appears to be it to appears people to be, yeah. yeah like I think it's just it comes with a lot of pride and, like, status and, mm-hmm. you know, fame that people are like, damn, like, I wish I could be like that. I can just, like, you know, take a photo and I'd be you know, so loved by everyone. But there's yeah. so many other, you know, intricacies that you have to consider. Yeah. And all these, like, little um, itty-bitty, like, admin things that mm-hmm. you kind of mentioned at the very beginning as well yeah. that was a huge significant part of your day. Yeah. Then apart from, like, these, like, really challenging things, what do you think, I guess, motivates you um, behind all of this? I think it's just my... I think I've always wanted a community Mm. and I always love creating videos that's how I started off like I said like I would literally spend like all of my weekends making videos and 
the DIY stuff was really hands-on. Like, yeah. it would literally be, like, now I just film my life. All it does is kind of make my life two times longer than it would be in a regular day. But with the DIY stuff, like, that was very, very hands-on. It was yeah. very, um, have to get the supplies, like, I have to take this shot and this shot and, like, all these transitions. It was, like, very different back then. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, it was a lot more intense, and I think that passion just has always kept me going and yeah. being able to, like make it a career and knowing mm -hmm. that was an option I just I wanted to make it happen yeah. um and also knowing that there are a lot of different avenues that you can go down from here you know I think it's like a never-ending process and also yeah there's so many other opportunities that come from this so um that's what motivates me I think you meet a lot of interesting people and you hear their stories and mm -hmm. you see how they progress um like a lot of the YouTubers like I was saying before to you like Wenji like her career path is just Taking like all sorts like evolved of evolved so yeah, much, evolved right? so much. It's crazy, and you see like Michelle Phan, like you know she went from like creator to entrepreneur. Um, I don't know if you know she um, she started Ipsy, so it was like one of the first, I think the first beauty subscription box, and it's like the number one subscription box in the world now. Wow, um, yeah. and like all these different things. She's had like several other companies after that, but it's interesting how people can yeah go from you know this space and translate into like all these other. Parts, and so. seeing like everyone yeah. else grow but also like I don't know like in your YouTube videos you can see like people in the comments being like oh pretty like I've like watched the videos for like yeah. five years like you know, yeah. you've moved out now like etc etc yeah. like they've grown up with you and you have this whole community who shared your like a good chunk of your life with you and I yeah. think that must be like something that's like really inspiring to you and yeah. encourages you to make content right no for sure it's so special to me because i'm like wow like some of these people have really stuck around for a long time which is why i think it's really important to just like focus on your community no matter how big or small it's like there are people that are supporting you and yeah. it's just so amazing to me that i have that opportunity and that audience who are watching me grow and who have grown up with me and will continue to hopefully <laughs> yeah. grow up with me as well and just like um sharing this entire I guess like journey journey yeah, yeah which is kind of daunting because I think it um is pretty vulnerable like yeah. in terms of lifestyle because I feel like I share a pretty decent chunk of my life not everything but like a good juicy chunk of yeah. it so <laughs> like very raw and yeah. real to your viewers yeah as much as I can be um and that can be daunting at times because mm -hmm. you know it's I think people don't often talk of like failure or when things go wrong and that's a part of it that I think I do share and mm -hmm. that's kind of scary because you know people often you know talk about like the successes or where they've you know things have gone right um but yeah I'm excited to yeah. see <laughs> yeah do you ever get yeah. like is, is the main worry behind it that you don't want to be perceived as like vulnerable or weak in front of viewers like in you and you yeah. know that like I guess successes will like viewers is that like a concern actually that's really interesting that you say that I think that's definitely something that's in like the back of everyone's mind because yeah. I think when you're vulnerable you feel like you know people have access to you know that vulnerability and they know this about you but I think um it's just like overcoming that people appreciate vulnerability I think mm -hmm. nowadays and people being real people want to know what you're actually going through and those experiences because it's much more relatable um because yeah everyone's going through different things and people you know try and fail in different areas but it's just like life you know yeah, yeah you and especially as a lifestyle creator I think there's a need for you to be genuine and show mm. your personality through because sure. like you're essentially sharing your life and if you're not yeah. true to your followers it's going to be really hard to build a connection right yeah exactly I think that's a big part of like my content is mm. that's how I interact with my community it's like I share a big part of yeah I guess like my personal life yeah 
as a lifestyle content creator, do you ever feel as if I need to have a really interesting day before I post it? Like, are you like, yeah. damn, today's like boring, now I'm not going to film? Yeah. Or like, do you ever like pack your day with like, oh, I need to exercise it because this will make a good video? That's actually interesting because um, now that I just do lifestyle, I really just like film whatever's happening around me, mm. which is a massive comfort in that. But also sometimes I worry if it's too mundane, but I think that's why people enjoy my content is because of, you know, mundane activities. Um, like, for example, me studying, doing like student related stuff. Um, now, I guess I want to try and make that transition and show more of like, I guess, like the plant brand stuff yeah. and all that. Um, but yeah, I think people like seeing just the everyday things because... Yeah, it makes you feel like, you know, it's it's normal to have, like, you know, mundane You have a mundane life, have a day where you just wake up, you study, yeah. you just go back to sleep. Yeah, I think literally. it's comforting to know that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Then, the plan brand, something you touched on. I know <laughs> yes. it's something you're working on very hard right yeah. now. Um, did you want to talk about that a bit or, like, what's to come in the future for that? Oh, gosh, I'm so nervous to talk about this. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to if you don't want to. Um, I'll mention a bit. So yeah, I launched the Plan Brand, which is um, a brand that I've been working on for a little while now, and I'm creating. No, I'm creating. I've created like multifunctional diary kits. So mm -hmm. that's the main product that we're selling right now. And um, yeah, we're a stationary brand, but yes, um, diary kits is my focus right now. And so they're multifunctional. You can use them for all sorts of things. So whether you're a bullet journaler, you're a journaler, you like scrapbooking. You're a daily planner. You can use it for all these different things. You essentially make it. It's um, a creative process is why I wanted to create a diary kit. Um, I'm a big journaler and mm. a big planner. Um, yeah, I've seen all your like diaries from like when you were like five yeah. years old up until now. Yeah, I'm a massive planner and I think I've manifested or um, just... I write a lot of my goals down and so I always look back on that and so I wanted to create that for everyone else and yeah. so it's a DIY kit you have a bunch of stickers and tools that you can use to essentially like make it whatever you want which yeah. is really cool and it's so cool yeah. like I think you documented an entire process on your YouTube channel yeah, as well and it's just so, so like scary. <laughs> yeah it must have been daunting to show, yeah. show that with someone because yeah. like it's your first time and you must have like yeah. oh damn like I, I were there any like major like I guess Mm, roadblocks in that process oh for sure mm. so many um it's crazy because this is the first time I went through I guess the whole process of like manufacturing and developing a prop oh, sorry developing a product and like producing like a final good and then like, getting it shipped over there's just so many like different things that you don't expect even just like incoming costs I was like you get taxed for bringing in goods I like, oh did God, not know really? that I arrived on the dock and I got this invoice and I was like oh okay <laughs> I, um, I guess I'll pay yeah I guess I have to pay this but um yeah it's been a really challenging process for sure yeah. um I think I've learned so much even yeah. just throughout that early development like developing the product getting it made um going through different manufacturers and just yeah. trial and error so much trial and error even till now the first day that I um, launched, I couldn't get the printer to work. I had like, it's yeah. so funny, I had like three credit cards that were literally like, what do you call it? When they like stop it. Uh, uh, Cancelled? Yeah, I had three cards that just, I couldn't use them because yeah. I didn't realise I couldn't do multiple transactions on um, like the postage website that I'm using. So oh gosh, okay. yeah, I was trying to do like 10 transactions yeah, at once. Yeah, that's so like, stressful. Ding, ding, ding. And then it was like, oh, suspicious activity. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, how do I work through this? Um, but yeah, that was a long day. Oh gosh. But yeah, there's like new challenges like every single day. I'm learning so much. And even just like, um, yeah, looking back on like what I would have done differently mm. um, in areas that I can improve now and what, yeah. 
I want to do in future as well. So it's been it's been quite the journey. I'm still documenting it now. Yeah. So if anyone wants to follow along, oh, yes. <laughs> make sure you follow Brittany yes, on YouTube sure and Instagram you to to watch all the plan brand yeah. updates. What's the um I guess uh, future plans for plan yeah. brand? At this point in time, I'm just like focusing on this first initial launch. Um, mm. Who knows? Mm. Who knows what's to come? Yeah. yeah. And I think people have really loved, like, the initial launch and people have been following it. I think you, yeah. like, the, the way that you documented the whole process is also really inspiring for followers to, like, kind of look and also yeah. share the process with you. And I think it inspires people to have a shot at it yourself. And I think, like, yeah. a lot of people our age currently um, are thinking of, like, launching their own business or, like, doing yeah. their own, like, craft. Like, you know, Chloe, like, launched her yeah. own, like, nails brand. And I just, like, keep yep, seeing. Chloe. Yeah. <laughs> I'm uh, wearing her right now. <laughs> But yeah, for herself, so yeah. I just think it's so inspiring that like yeah. people our age are like, you know, like it feels like we're really young that you know a lot of us are still in uni, but yeah. people are out there like creating their own products and being yeah. able to sell it themselves. I just think it's so so cool, man. Like, yeah. I think you sure. you're definitely like a pioneer in that space. Just no. so good. <laughs> no, really no. being humble here. No, no, yeah. no. I think it's like, like, I'm sure you as well. Like, you look up to so many different kinds of people, and it's like, wow. And so it's like same. I think I have so many different people that I look up to. I'm like, oh my gosh, like I just, I just want to go and try that. So I guess it's just like taking that first step. So I encourage anyone out there listening, um, it's just about taking the first step. So having, you know, you have your big goal um, and the bigger picture at hand, and then just breaking that down and um, into smaller steps. It's about that those thousand steps that get you to, I guess, you know, progress, <laughs> mm. progress in that area, and also. Um, reaching that goal it's it's never easy it's always a slow process but I think it's just getting started at it getting started and um learning from your mistakes it's always trial and error I don't think there's anyone who gets to one point immediately mm. so I think slow growth is good you learn a yeah. lot um and don't get like overwhelmed too much at yeah. the beginning yeah so. you shouldn't expect like um I guess like immediate results yeah never expect immediate results it's good to work at things slowly because you get to kind of see you know like the things that you should change, the things that you mm. can fix. Um, yeah. And yeah. also, it's good to, I mean, in a community sense, that's a good way to grow a community, you know. And what better way to kind of plan out your journey with the plan know. brand, right? Like, right? actually match your entire, like, what you stand for yeah. and everything I do. Like, it's so good. I think it's yeah. perfectly aligned. Yeah. yeah. Looking back then, do you think there's a video that you're very proud of or maybe, like, a piece of content that you're yeah. really proud of? Or content? Honestly, I think a lot of my early day content was my favorite because it was just like the beginning of it all. Like without that me, I don't think I would have had opportunities that I have now, which um, I really thank my younger self for. <laughs> I had so much courage back then. I think I just really didn't care yeah. um, about what people thought and I had so much passion for what I was doing. So yes, definitely my early day content. What, what was your early stuff. day? So a lot of DIY. I think mm. I did like a fake tan DIY made um, it out like tea bags or something. Yeah. <laughs> I also did a bunch of like um, like outfit DIYs, like how to make clothes out like t-shirts and things like that. Yeah. Like really simple stuff like that. But um, that's how it all got started. So mm. I really appreciate the content from those days. And yeah, even now I like everything that I make, but in particular like. Yeah. Those are, those are the early days. And it's also like, if you look back on it, do you ever feel like then, like my editing or my, the way that I structure my thoughts yeah. or videos have, have they like truly evolved themselves? Yeah, I think it's just like everything's changed as I've grown mm -hmm. up and also my experience. I can see a lot of my <laughs> thoughts and also experience at the time 
at those points in time when I look back on those videos and I'm like, oh my gosh. But yeah, it's like nice to look back on sometimes because I'm like, oh my gosh, like look, look how far I've come from this mm. point. I'm still naive, but also like I think I understand a little more now about, in particular, the content creation space. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think you did some travel vlogs before as yeah. well. Before that, you did a DIY stuff. Oh, yeah. Now it's more like lifestyle. Is there a certain kind of content type that you prefer? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Um, I think I like it all. Um, but yeah, lifestyle is nice because it's just very mundane. I like the everyday kind of things. Yeah. Um, travel is definitely a big favorite of mine. Yeah. I would film travel stuff because it was um, like I would be traveling, so yeah. I'd be like, okay, I'd film this. But yeah. I think it took a lot away from the experience sometimes. Yeah, but I do like looking back on those memories. Though. Yeah. So yeah. I, I always like think there's such a difficult trade-off process between like yeah. documentation and enjoying the experience, especially yeah. when it's travel, because like it's sure. such a once-in-a-lifetime experience. I'm like, wait, I need to take this down, like this video of this like Japanese like yeah, um, oh my god, like, such a movie. like but yeah, like I don't know. Did yeah. you go like eat omurice in Kyoto? Oh my god, yeah. I went to that guy, yeah. and then I was like, I need to document this. Like, he's like <laughs> the nicest guy ever. I was just like, yeah. wait, I need to enjoy the experience, but like Is no, this the I think. The, the egg thing, yeah, the yeah, over rice, yeah. the one that like pours something, like yeah. you see it all over BuzzFeed. Yeah. And I just thought, like, should I be documenting this or should I be enjoying the experience? The experience? Yeah. But if I enjoy the experience, will I remember it in the future? Yeah. And that's like always something that I'm so worried about. But then I end up just documenting it and then I put my friend down. But like, does that ever like, like how does that play out when you go traveling? No, it's so interesting because not even just related to traveling, but like, in the day-to-day -day when I'm documenting my life, it's like, okay, which parts am I going to document? Because I think I used to document, like, everything. Now I think I'm very selective. I'm like, okay, I'll only spend these few days, like, filming this, or, like, I will film what I feel is necessary to make my video, and then the rest is just I'm living my life as I do. Um, but, yeah, it's like drawing a line, right? Because you want to experience things and live in, like, the now, but at the same time you're like, oh, but the memories. Mm. And in my case, it's like, the content. I'm yeah. like, gotta get the content, which is, I think, a hard line to draw. Yeah, still figuring. We're still having out. figuring it out. Yeah, That's still okay. figuring it out. We're slowly. slowly ahead of us to figure things <laughs> out as well. Like, and also, yeah. like, I guess you also just like moved out and stuff. Like, how is that entire process of you know not yeah. only figuring out your content but figuring out your own personal life and like being yeah. independent? Like, how was that process for you? Oh, it's been interesting. <laughs> I think um, moving out gave me a lot of autonomy can I say that yeah like it's been really freeing um I love being at home by the way I love my family yeah. but um just moving out has given me another level of independence that I felt like I really needed to kind of push further in you know my personal life and um my career per se so yeah I'm really I'm really happy about it it's been like quite the process oh my god if you move out like guys Actually, I made a video about moving out. Watch that video. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I give some advice. I can't think of anything right now, but mm. yeah, there's a lot of things that can be painful about yeah. moving out. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah. I'm so worried. I'm not going to move out until like... Yeah, don't move out. Yeah, <laughs> like ages, like maybe like, oh, like past 25 when I finish my degree. Literally just yeah. stay at home. So relaxing. Yeah. <laughs> but it must yeah. have been such a like rewarding process for you as well yeah. and allowed you to kind of like focus on the plan brand and everything yeah, you were putting sure. your mind to. So I'm sure our listeners would love to know, what is your general advice for someone who's just trying to start out or grow their platform in the creative space? 
For sure. So I think um, focus on like fostering and giving value to your community. I think that's a very important part. It doesn't matter how big or small your audience is. Like you have to remember like the people there before you are the people who are supporting you and they're here to, I guess, like consume your content and they see some value in what you're providing for them. So focus on your community first and foremost um, and also like the content that you're putting out. Um, and yeah, I think creating structure is a hard part if you want to come into the content creation space and make it a career. I think finding structure um, is important as well. That just comes through with, sorry, that can be created through um, just like planning ahead, um, scheduling things. So for example, um, I think if you're looking to do, let's say like brand deals or you're scheduling even just like your content, you should plan that ahead and be like, okay, this is what I expect my timeline to look like. And then how can I fulfill this? Um, so. Like I said before, I think it's just looking at your bigger goal and then breaking that down into smaller steps. So you have your big year goal, like this year I want to do X, and then breaking that down into each month and what you want to achieve, so short term, and then you know each week what can you do to reach that point at each month. Um, so yeah, breaking things down, structuring your timeline, um, and just like your life essentially helps a lot. So um, we have a couple of lightning questions for you. Oh God. So, I'm ready. Yeah, don't think yeah. about them too much. Um, just answer them to in one word. Oh yeah, or just like one sentence. Maximum. Are you ready? Okay, I'm ready. Uh, our first question for you is: What yeah. is the best advice you have ever received? To try everything. A hundred percent. Yeah, I agree with that. What is the worst advice you have ever received? That you can't do it. Non-specific, but yeah, like yeah. to everything. Like if you can't do something because of People who discourage you, especially yeah, in content creation. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. What's one thing you're trying to learn or develop right now? Ooh. Oh my god, this is meant to be lightning. Um, <laughs> um, uh, my learning process? Mm. Yeah, my learning process. <laughs> Great, <laughs> awesome. Um, what's one thing you think other people value but you don't value? Time? Ooh. Interesting. Yeah. We won't expand on that. We'll just leave it hanging. If you had to enact one law that everyone had to follow, what would it be? Be kind mm. to people. Mm. Or supportive. Yeah. Well, I think that um, concludes that episode for today. And I thoroughly hope that everyone enjoyed listening um, and talking to you as much as I did. Um, Brittany, you've messed over 400,000 followers on YouTube, 150,000 followers on Instagram, and have been an absolutely amazing content creator. Um, we are really looking forward to all the future endeavours you have planned. So just before you leave, are there any parting words you would like to um, say to the audience at home? Oh my gosh. Um, check out my socials, guys. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Pretty Lee and everything. <laughs> and me just like plugging. Um, and also check out the plan brand. Mm. Yeah, that's been something I've been working on. Yeah. If you guys want to follow my journey, I think that might be interesting as well because I'm just starting out um, for a raw process. Yeah, hopefully you guys can learn something yeah. as well. Yeah, I think they would love yeah. to learn that. So, yeah. signing off, I'm Mel from Gen E. And I'm Brittany. And this is the Entrepreneurial Mindset.